feel any better. I got about a third less notes than I really do normally do, so like it evens out. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And we could stop right there and just worship and say, Man, what a day that will be. It's gonna be awesome. Because we literally can't even imagine how awesome it's gonna be. But it goes on, verse 10, it says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. But what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God, uh, no man but the Spirit of God. Knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not by the Spirit of the world, but, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I am so thankful that God gave us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to every believer that calls upon him as, a, 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 in, as an earnest. Amen. Uh, we, I mean, we're, we're purchased by his blood, and we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. That is so wonderful. And, that, and, I, and I, I'm thankful for the, the, the opportunity to have uh, commentaries to read through books or commentaries to listen to through uh, uh, um, uh, elders around us and in, in, in spiritual men or women of God that we can glean from. I'm thankful for these things. But, but if there's nobody to talk to and all that we had, in the, that in, if we're just stuck in a room or on a, on a deserted island and all we had was the word of God, I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit can teach us as we learn to study. Amen. Uh, Brother Shan, would you open this message in a word of prayer, sir? Amen. Can we now turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 25? But I need to get there myself. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. You know, there's, uh, you know, when, it, when it's this time of the year, right, in general, messages are geared towards the birth of Christ. I mean, just naturally. Um, but in all of the Christmas uh, stories and the, the, the messages that would come about. <clears throat> this is something that's often overlooked. And it's Simeon, uh, Simeon's consolation, amen. And I want to read 10 verses, Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 35. I'm not good at talking and looking at the same time, amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And, 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 and really, that verse is really like the, the, the crux of the whole message. Amen. 
He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Amen. Verse 26. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before all uh, the face of the people, a light to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken to him. And Simeon blessed him and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, for a sign which shall be spoken uh, against and yea, a sword shall pierce through uh, thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There are some that believe that the working of the Holy Spirit did not come until after the resurrection or even until the day of Pentecost when, when God gave the gifts of the spirits uh, uh, to all the people there, all the Christians there. Um, but we see here that Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit long before then. Long before then, amen. Number one, point number one this morning, Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 25 where we start out. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Can I tell you this morning that the Holy Ghost was working far before then? It, the Holy Ghost was working even before Adam and Eve. You don't have to turn there, but Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And the earth was out form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then it says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Holy Spirit was doing oh, <laughs> some deep things long before the creation of man. Amen. You got your Bibles, we'll be turning in a bit. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. 2 Peter 1, 21. I want to point out this morning that the Holy Spirit was alive and well all throughout the Old Testament. 1 Peter 1.21 says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What's he talking about there? He's talking about the prophets all throughout the Old Testament. That was the scriptures throughout... All the, all, Paul the, and all the apostles, the disciples, whenever they talk about scripture, it was, they're referring to the Old Testament. I think we forget that as, we, as we're reading, because to us, the scriptures is Old and New Testament. We, we have all of it. Amen. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Ezekiel 36, 26. Amen. We're turning quite a bit. We'll be back in Luke in a little bit, by the way. So we'll keep a marker in Luke, but Ezekiel 36, 26. Now, this is an Old Testament book. I just want to point out the Holy Spirit was alive and well in the Old Testament. This verse sounds like a New Testament verse. It says, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony, how, the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. If that's not the Holy Spirit doing a work in somebody's heart, then I don't know what that is. You've got to do a lot of explaining 
to get rid of that. Amen. The Spirit of God is recognized by the world. I remember, I remember Pastor Ammon would always talk about his sister Chi-Chi, Miss Faye, and how he could recognize that there's something different about her. And the more that he would deal in drugs and everything else that he was doing in those hippie days, he always could, he would talk about how he'd look at his sister and say, there's something different about her, and I want whatever she has. The, whole, the world can recognize it. And, and quite frankly, there should be something different about us. Being born-again believers, we should not look like the world or act like the world. No, 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 no. There should be something different. We, we should be a light, amen. You have to turn there, but Psalm chapter 4, verse 3 says, But the Lord, uh, but know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. You guys remember Joseph in the Bible? Not Mary and Joseph, but Joseph who was thrown in a pit, left for dead by his brothers. You have to turn there, but Genesis 41, 38 says, And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? That's the world identifying, saying, Hey, there's something about his spirit that's different than anybody else's spirit. And here Pharaoh acknowledged that it was the Spirit of God in Joseph's life. What a testimony that is. I do not want to, I would hope that my testimony at work is not, uh, oh, yeah, he's just one of the guys just hanging out. No, I, I would hope that they would say, yeah, there's something different about him. He doesn't laugh at the same jokes that we laugh at. Amen. Can we turn to Daniel chapter 5, verse 11? Daniel chapter 5, verse 11. It says, there's a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. That's a lost person talking about Daniel. They didn't understand that it was that it was the Spirit of God indwelling in him. They just knew that there was something different about him. They referred to it as, man, this is the, the, the Spirit of the Holy God, something about him. And they're talking about him, having a conversation. Look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. It said, then this Daniel was preferred above, uh, above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. I've met Christians that... that <clears throat> that they had such a horrible testimony at work that I was embarrassed to be called a Christian next to them. I, I wanted no association with, with what, what they were advertising Christianity as. It's embarrassing. I think we find that a lot today. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Um, jump to 1 Kings chapter 18, 12. I know it's a lot of turning more than normal. Amen. That's a good practice. First Kings chapter 18, verse 12. Elijah talked about the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yes, way back before Pentecost, way back before the resurrection, way back before the, the birth of Christ, amen. <clears throat> First Kings 18, 12 says, And it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord, notice it's a capital S, the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. I see the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Can I tell you this morning that we have the same Holy Spirit indwelling to each and every believer that uh, calls upon the Lord? Amen. It's not just a believing Christ as the Savior. That's not enough. It's a, it's a believing acceptance of Christ as your personal Savior that makes all the difference. 
Romans 8, 9 says, Be you not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be uh, that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if a man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So you either have the spirit in you or you don't. There is no in between. It's not a gradual step system. It's either that there needs to be a time and a place when you called upon the name of the Lord and accepted him as your savior. Verse Corinthians 6, 19 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? This is not popular with, 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 with uh, uh, modern Christianity today. It's just to believe in God, some generic sayings. No, it's, it's, it's a personal experience that there was a time, there was a moment in time where you were birthed into the family of God spiritually. The same, the same spiritual birth that Jesus literally taught in John chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, amen, until the redemption of the purchased possession, and to the praise of his glory. That's a lot of scripture, I know, but man, it's really good. The Holy Spirit was alive and well, not just in this era of time, and you can call it whatever you want, but the Holy Spirit was working in the hearts of men and women long before the day of Pentecost. Number one, Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, Simeon was just and devout. He was obedient. He was found faithful. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Uh, and behold, there's a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Man, there's blessings when we're obedient. If Simeon wasn't, and we don't have to go back and read it, but, but, but Simeon was led by the Spirit into the temple. If, we don't, if we're not as Christians, if we're not even mindful of, Lord, what would you have me to do today? Lord, please uh, lead me where you want me to go. Lord, I, 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 I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to be led by you. Please guide and direct me. Give me peace about what I'm doing today. Give me peace about this or that. But we don't. And I'm guilty of this too. We just, what do I want to do today? What am I going to do today? And we, we don't have a mindset as a whole of, what does the Spirit of God want us to do? Is God going to guide and direct our lives today? I'm so thankful for the encouragement that Simeon was led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. In that temple, we can read about this right in the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, we get to read about it. There's so much. God just allowed us to get this little window about Simeon. I cannot wait to get to heaven and hear all these stories that Simeon tells us. Because we don't know how long... Uh, Simeon knew that he was, uh, he, he got, Simeon obviously got a prophecy, somehow the Lord spoke to him, that he's going to see the concept, he's going to see the Christ, amen. But like, was he a kid? Was he 20? Like how, how many years did he wait is what I'm saying. I can't wait to hear the stories from Mary and Joseph, like, like then what did Jesus do? Did, did he keep you up at night for the first couple of months? Amen, right? Like, you know, were they, were they angry at him when he was in the temple for a few days and they couldn't find him and they literally thought they lost the son of God? I mean, imagine, you know, I've, I've lost Noah a couple of times and that was bad enough. But to, to be the son of God, it would be quite worse. Amen. Amen. 
Can we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26? Deuteronomy 11, 26. You know, I've used this example before, and I'll use it again. We, we love blessings from God. We just, we love blessings. Blessings are so great, right? And in, in, in as a child, I, I love blessings from my parents. But you know, those blessings didn't come when I was disobedient. I mean, I, this is really plain and this is very simple. Uh, like, like, like I'm teaching a child, but it's a childlike truth that we often miss as adults. Now, I said we, all right, but it's true. It's true, some basic truths that, that you know, and, 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 and I'll say it like this. I was teaching juniors class over there in, in Miss Haley. I think Haley was her name, right? And uh, boy, she was being bad. I mean, bad. And uh, uh, make Brother Jim look like a saint. No. <laughs> and she's just being soft, so we, we put her aside in a chair where we could see her and we, I think I set Rachel up teaching or something. I went and talked to her, and I explained to her, because she was really a problem for weeks on end. I explained to her, I was like, you know, you know, the more you disobey, the more you have to be restricted because you can't be trusted, right? And the more that you're obedient, the more liberty that you have. And, and I actually think that was the first time anybody ever explained anything like that to her at all. I really believe that. And, and as Christian adults, I think we actually forget that the more we disobey, the, the more God has to restrict us in whatever manner that he deems fit, right? You know, preachers preach financially, but there's all kinds of levels that the Lord might restrict us. But man, when we're obedient, boy, there's so much more liberty that we're given in Christ because of our obedience and blessings that will flow from that. That we forget as adult Christians because we think we're adult Christians that we just know it all because we're mature. Once I, I'm 18 or whatever, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mature now. But boy, boy, <laughs> boy, that is not the case. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. <clears throat> a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. That is Old Testament. That it, that's Old Testament. God is speaking to the children of Israel. And you say, well, that doesn't apply to me because that's in a different Box of time, whatever you want to call that box of time, it doesn't matter. But the same principle applies to us today. Let's go back to our text, or close to our text, Luke chapter 1, verse 28. A couple more scriptures and we'll close. I know everybody's thumbs and fingers are tired from flipping. Amen. We had, uh, you guys remember we had um, a little old lady that visited here. Uh, we went and picked her up a few times. Uh, Michelle's friend, uh, Judy's friend. Uh, I forget her. What was her name, Rachel? Miss Joyce. <clears throat> it just so happened, and whatever that Sunday school hour was, we were going through all kinds of scriptures, and uh, she was not happy with me. <laughs> she let me know that she was not happy with all the turning. <laughs> Amen. That's what it is sometimes. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 28, you know, we see where... Um, a moment ago, we, we saw how um, um, Simeon, 
was obedient. Look at this. Mary was obedient. Uh, verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou uh, that are highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I am so thankful that Mary was obedient. I am so thankful. Look at, look, at, look at Luke chapter 1, verse 5. God found Zechariah obedient. That's the, that's the father of John the Baptist. There, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of uh, Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Amen. John the Baptist's mother. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. What a blessing that is, a husband and wife team serving the Lord together and having a good testimony. What a blessing that is. David, as a little shepherd boy, was found obedient. Man, God used him greatly. I mean, you want to read that last chapter where that David had somebody wrote at the, right at the end of his life, and he was, he was literally laying out all those warriors and describing those warriors and what they did and the great things that they accomplished in, in all their battles. That's awesome. That would have never happened if David wasn't obedient. I would hope that at the end of my life and at the end of your life, man, we could be telling our children some great stories where God just really blessed because we were serving the Lord here. We were faithful here and God just blessed over here. We were, we were faithful here and God blessed over here. We prayed for so-and-so to get saved for all these years and, and, and God led them to the Lord after so long, whatever it is. Man, I hope that we could write our last chapter that way as opposed to regrets I didn't serve God here. Satan got the victory over the majority of my life. I never served the Lord. I only did this, this, and this. Let alone having the regret of never asking Christ as your personal Savior. Fanny Crosby from a child, man, she served the Lord. One of the best song and hymn writers uh, of all time, really. She wrote so many of the wonderful hymns that we sing, and they're, they're good, amen. I think God used her in a mighty way. Number one, Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, Simeon was just and devout. Number three, and lastly of all, Simeon was looking for Israel's consolation. You say, what does consolation mean? It means comfort, alleviation of misery or distress of mind, that which comforts or refreshes the spirits, the cause of com comfort. Consolation literally means comfort. Jesus is that consolation. Amen. Turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. We, we have a lot more in common with Simeon than we might realize at a first glance. Luke 2, 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Simeon was looking for Jesus. He probably didn't even know what his name was going to be, Jesus. He just was looking for the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel, the Savior of Israel. And you know what? He was filled with the Holy Ghost at the same time, patiently waiting for the Savior to appear. Verse 26, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon was looking for Jesus as a child of God, just as we are today. Turn to one more scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4.15. 1 Thessalonians 
That is awesome. I love the address behind me. Pretty much everybody's there all the time. That is, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get over that. I just love it. Amen. First Thessalonians 4.15, our last scripture of the morning. It says, for this we send you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, that's us, by the way, under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, that is awesome, with the voice of the archangel, that's Michael, and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which alive and remain, that's us, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Then it ends the whole chapter, it says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You having a long day? Hey, Hadassah, the Lord's coming back. It's going to be wonderful. Hey, Ben, I know you had a long day at work today. Lord's coming back, man. We can comfort one another with these words. Simeon was comforted when he saw the Lord come. Amen. He was, he was, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Some say the Holy Spirit didn't indwell believers back then. Oh, it it did. <laughs> it most definitely did. Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit, waiting for Jesus to come. Church, that's us. You want to talk about typology? You want to talk about uh, relating to Simeon? There's just a little blip about him in, in, in what we would call the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, but that's just like us. We're saved, born again, waiting for his return. It sure seems like he's going to come back soon. It sure seems, sure seems like it. As we celebrate Christmas, do you guys realize that we're literally celebrating Simeon's consolation? Simeon's comfort. Because Simeon's comfort is my comfort too. Amen. I think as born-again believers that knowing that we're, we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is wonderful in and of itself. We're anxiously awaiting the Lord's return and he could come at any time. Do you realize that Simeon, from what little we know about, we just don't know much about him. But he had to know as he was getting older, boy, he could come at any time. And one day in heaven, I'm just speculating, I would imagine that he'd be able to tell us the thoughts that he had and how wonderful it was and, and, and what, what, the, 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 what his consolation was wearing, what, what, what little baby Jesus had wrapped around him and, and, and described the whole scene to us, how wonderful it was. And just maybe, just maybe, if we don't pass away first and we're caught up in the rapture, we could tell him what our experience when we saw our consolation come, being caught up in the clouds, and we could have a conversation like no other conversation in all of time. Amen. The angels, I would imagine, are jealous of us. I don't know why God's so good to us. I don't know why God gives us grace. I don't know why God sent his son to die for us because I'm not worth it. And I'm pretty sure you guys aren't worth it. But we got a God that's full of grace and love. That he cared enough to tell Simeon about, hey, you're going to see the consolation before you die. Why did Jesus do that? I have no idea. But he did. I can be encouraged, and we can be encouraged by that story. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you, God, for giving us this story about.